Christian Heritage Ministry, in cooperation with Fuller Seminary, proudly presents the Old Fashioned Revival Hour, a broadcast of the Gospel with Dr. Charles E. Cole. Stand it better by and by. Ten. 
temptation's hidden snares often take us unawares, and our hearts are made to bleed for each thoughtless word or deed, and we wonder why the test, when we try to do our best, but we'll understand it better by and by, by and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story how we'll overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by, by and by, when the morning comes, all the saints of God are gathering home, we will tell the story how we'll overcome, and we'll understand it better by and by. May we stand please and sing Heavenly Sunshine. Glad to have all of you take part. As you sing through, turn around and give everybody a good, real, royal welcome and really lift it up on heavenly sunshine. Are you ready? All right. All together now, right on the first note on heavenly sunshine. Heavenly sunshine. Wonderful. Be seated, please.
the storm clouds may roll, quickly hiding the light that from me would shine. Still hope's sweet song is thrilling my soul, for Jesus the Lord is mine. Daily sweet hope is singing, Jesus is mine. He is mine. Song is laying through shade and shine. Though friends betray and leave me, though sorrows fall, bring me on where I'll go, Jesus, trusting through all. Yes, 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 Jesus is mine, yes, he's mine, mine. through shade and shine. Wonderful hope, singing, sweet hope divine, singing amid my sorrows, Jesus is Trusting, bearing the load, bravely patience and faith will my soul refine. Clearly, sweet hope still sings on my road, and Jesus the Lord is mine. Clearly, sweet hope is singing, Jesus is mine. He is mine. through shade and shine. Though friends betray and leave me, though sorrows fall, leave me onward I'll go in Jesus, trusting through all. My yes, Jesus is mine, yes, he's mine. Through shade and shine, wonderful hope to sing, sweet hope divine, ringing, singing amid life's sorrows. Jesus Next Sunday, Lord willing, uh, at the close of the broadcast, I'm going to have one of the greatest honors ever bestowed upon me, and that is to dedicate my little granddaughter, Janice. So you better be here if you want to see little Janice. I just thought I'd put that out over the air. Is that all right, honey? All right. Chorus choir sing Amazing Grace.
sure you love that old song, Amazing Grace. And now, honey, with the letters, go right ahead. Greetings, friends. Here is a letter, a good letter from a man in Denmark. Uh, Dear Mr. and Mrs. Fuller, we are some friends in Denmark who hereby wish to thank you and your whole community for the splendid broadcast of the old-fashioned revival hour. We gladly sit up late to hear you and to be in your meeting. It is wonderful to feel the brotherhood of Jesus in spite of a foreign language and distance. Thanks for the fine music and your singers, especially we like to hear your pianist. We know most of the tunes from our own meetings here in Denmark, and we understand the words. Please excuse my bad English. I hope you understand it in spite of that. That was a sweet letter. Dear friends, we have heard your broadcast all of the 27 years that you've been preaching and can truthfully say it has helped us always, but especially over the rough places in our lives. Sometimes it seems when our hearts have been almost broken that the message and the lovely music was just for us as though God intended it that way. Yes, yours is one of the programs that is always welcome, that we can always count on, and we pray it may keep coming. As we get older, we will need it more. Here is a good letter from a young corporal in Germany. He says they sometimes get the program very clearly and praying for the day when the Army will sponsor your program on the overseas stations at present we receive no evangelistic services of any type except when we can hear yours. But friends, do not fail to pray for our men in the armed forces. Do not neglect that. And uh, God's special blessing on those servicemen out in the Philippines who found our program unexpectedly, and uh, we thank God for what it meant to them and that they saw fit to write us so warmly. Dear Dr. Fuller, we are seven pretty lonely, homesick Americans as we are 7,500 miles from home. We are members of the United States Naval Seabees Unit, stationed in the Philippine Islands. This afternoon, we had our radio tuned on and were listening to the music and talking of home and loved ones. But at 5 o'clock, when the program changed, we heard, for the first time since we have been out here, the old-fashioned revival hour. And words just can't express the joy and the comfort that that program brought to us. From now on, we will be looking forward to it. You are doing a great and wonderful work, and we wish to thank you right here and now. We get almost no religion out here, and we all know how much we need God and his guiding hand. And then this last very brief letter I want to read you is from a mother in Ohio who writes of her boy listening in Japan and being blessed. Dear Dr. Fuller, my son with a hospital group in Japan gets the hour by short wave. He and another boy, both was Christians at one time, but have strayed from the straight and narrow way. And now my boy wants help. And he gets so much joy and help from listening to you. Please pray with us that he may find the peace with God that he needs and the help to go in God's way. That's sweet, isn't it? A mother's heart yearning for her son's spiritual well-being, and he's recognizing the fact that he needs God, and we certainly shall be praying with her for her boy. That is all for today, friends.
heads and close eyes, may we pray together. Our gracious Heavenly Father, we thank Thee for this promise that's so familiar and yet so eternal, that Thou didst so love the world, that Thou didst give Thine only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. We thank Thee that Thy Son came to seek and to save that which is lost, and while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. 
We thank thee for the blessed gospel that Christ died for our sins, was buried, rose again the third day according to the scriptures, and that this gospel message is the power of God unto salvation to everyone that believeth. May many believe today and be saved through the preaching of the word and through the message of the song, for we ask it in Christ's name. Amen. Savior. 
Does Jesus care when I've said goodbye to the dearest on earth to me? And my sad heart aches till it nearly breaks. Is it all to him does he Listening to the Old Fashioned Revival Hour with Dr. Charles E. Fuller. His message today is titled, Walk Worthily. Open your Bibles to the book of Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 1, as we rejoin the broadcast. I'll provide additional information after Dr. Fuller's message. Oh. 
and turn to the fourth chapter of Ephesians, first three verses. In Ephesians chapters 1 to 3, we find the doctrinal portion of this marvelous epistle, but in chapters 4 to 6, with a practical portion. Now, practical Christianity is based upon doctrinal Christianity, and doctrinal Christianity is based upon historical Christianity. Historical Christianity consists of certain well-defined well-established facts as follows. Some 1900 years ago, something happened, establishing the following historical facts. First, the incarnation of God's beloved Son, the Lord Jesus, God manifest in the flesh, and then the Lord's sin, sinless life among sinful fallen humanity, and the Lord's death on Calvary's cross, and then his bodily resurrection from among the dead, his ascension into heaven, now seated at the right hand of the Father, his enthronement there, and an event yet to come, his personal visible return from glory, the Lamb of God coming in judgment. If the past events did not happen, that is, the incarnation, death, and resurrection, of the Lord Jesus, then we have no doctrinal Christianity. And if we have no doctrinal Christianity, we have no practical Christianity. For then we would be landed and stranded in a mass and mess of infidelity, lawlessness, and corruption. Everyone doing that which is right in his own eyes because there's no king in Israel. But thank God we do have practical Christianity based upon the doctrinal and historical Christianity. 
And these events did happen. Christ left the glory above, came incarnate, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died and rose again. And these historical events and facts are well established. And thus we have a sure foundation of basis for practical Christianity. Now in chapters 4 to 6, we have the believer's walk, the believer's worship, and the believer's warfare. And will you notice, please, at the beginning of chapter 4, I therefore, and the word therefore connects the practical portion of Ephesians with the doctrinal section. And in chapters 4 to 6, we have exhortations to guide every stranger and pilgrim upon the path of the just, which shines brighter and brighter under the perfect day. Therefore, because you have been saved from and saved for a purpose that is under good works, which God hath before ordained that you should walk therein, because of your high calling in Christ Jesus, now measure up to that high calling. Act according to that high calling. Walk worthily of your calling and act like a born-again believer. That's the injunction. Act like a sensible born-again believer. That's what God is waiting for and working in your life and mine. And so Paul says, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech I, Paul, the chiefest of sinners, saved by grace, I plead with you, I entreat you, I exhort you, I call you to my side to measure up, to act like a real believer. For if over the nations of earth today every professing believer would really act like a child of God, a born-again believer, I believe a wave of revival fires would sweep around the world, corruption in high and low places would cease, and righteousness begin to cover the earth as waters cover the sea. Practical Christianity. I beseech you, yes, you, individually, to walk. Now notice it. To walk, realizing that the steps of a righteous man are ordered. And if ordered, then all things work together for good to them that are, to them that are the called ones, to those that love God. And you're called to walk with God, like Enoch of old, when he walked in the wicked days prior to the flood in the days of Noah. To walk, that means to be active, not stand still, but to grow in grace and in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ and to walk on the path that shines brighter and brighter unto the perfect day, and to possess your inheritance. Now notice it says to walk worthily. Now in verses 2 and 3, outline five gracious spheres of our daily walk, telling us how to walk worthily of the vocation wherewith we are called. And here it is. It's outlined in these two verses. Ephesians 4 and 2. First of all, and how we need it. To walk with all lowliness. That is, walk having a humble opinion 
of oneself, a deep sense of one's littleness. What is man that thou art mindful of him? What have you got to boast of except that which God has given you? Whosoever shall exalt himself uh, shall be abased, and he that shall humble himself shall be exalted. And again in Romans, For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. And one of the saddest sights and one that makes me sick all the way through in my humble judgment is to see a fellow believer talented and brilliant uh, with the big head. You can't tell him anything. He knows it all. And the Lord says he resisteth the proud, but gives grace unto the humble. So God says, come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you, and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, not a veneer on the outside, but from the heart outward because of the newborn again experience. Ye shall find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And have this mind, or let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. What did he do? He humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And there's where we learn the fellowship of his sufferings, bearing about in our body daily the marks of the dying Jesus. That's the offense of the cross. Now notice, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for our, your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And it says, with meekness, the second quality, walking with all lowliness, and meekness, that is, with gentleness, submission under trial. Several months ago, Mrs. Fuller and I were in the city of Memphis, Tennessee. I had been there previously on another speaking engagement and met a certain party that's been a great blessing uh, to me personally. And I said, honey, I'd like to have you go out and meet this party. And we drove out. A friend was very kind to take us out to a home. And this is the story. A young lady, some in the thir late thirties, from six years of age, stricken with polio, and in braces, never able to walk. As we came into her room, the glory of Christ was reflected in her face. And she's one of the greatest intercessory prayer warriors. It's been my privilege to see. And she told us that our names are at the top of her list. She prays for us daily. And she has the world as her a parish. And oh my, the beautiful submission under trial. I tell you, we ought to be thankful that we have health and strength and we're able to go about. But how she's gentle, submissive under trial patient in tribulation, with no resentment, no ill feeling, no root of bitterness, and adversities and tribulations and trials will do one or two things. 
I'll tell you what it'll do. It'll either make you as bitter as bitter can be going through trials, or it'll make you as gentle and pliable and sweet as can be. A real test of Christianity is whether you'll be submissive and say, Thy will be done. And then in Colossians, I like to read this. Here we have the believer's wardrobe, uh, so to speak. Or in the third chapter of Colossians, verses uh, 13 and 14, or 12. Put on, therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, bowels of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long-suffering, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. And above all these things, put on love, which is the bond of perfectness. All that is what we need. And the third quality, according to Ephesians 1 uh, to 3, 4, 1 to 3, is this. Not only lowliness and meekness, but long-suffering. Listen. That is, be long-tempered. Put your bad temper off a little while. Cool off. Be slow to anger. Be calm. Be serene. Be slow to avenge a personal wrong or injury. It's so easy to fly off the handle and to shout out corrupt communications and to be quick on the trigger, hot-tempered, and it'll blow your top. And before considering well uh, to stop and consider, a few days ago I was in a three-lane uh, line of traffic, and I was in the middle lane, and uh, coming up to a stop signal, full on my right forced me over a little bit into the left line of traffic, and a big truck came up with a big burly truck driver, and I caused him to ride the brakes, and he stuck his head out of the window, and he told me off, and I came putting there going back at him, and... Uh, I was just about ready to blow my lid when the words came, uh, be slow-tempered. And finally, I just smiled at him and waved at him. And he started to mutter as much to say, I wish you'd get out of the car. I'd show you a thing or two. Uh, you know, that's just a little picture out of everyday life. To be slow to anger and long-suffering, long-tempered. And here it is, forbearing the fourth quality. That is holding up, bearing one another's burdens. Rather than criticize and find fault. If you have occasion to criticize and find fault, why not stop right there and begin to pray? And to pray for those that despitefully use you and say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. And instead of criticizing your pastor, and finding fault with your pastor's wife for wearing the last year's hat, perhaps the only hat she has, why not pray for them daily without ceasing and act like Christian? Then notice, furthermore, giving diligence in verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity uh, of the Spirit in the bond of peace, and I must close with this giving diligence to keep the unity of 
the Spirit in the bond of peace. And the word giving diligence means make haste, be zealous, be eager. Satan, the old serpent, the devil, is working overtime to bring confusion and disunity and strife and division among the believers. I have never in my life received so many letters from various sections of the country. My church is in a scrap. And Satan loves to bring confusion and disunity. They had that trouble back in Corinth following human leaders. They had it back in the Galatian church because of false doctrine bringing in some other uh, gospel. And so, how wonderful and how sweet to find and how refreshing to find a church unified, winning souls, evangelistic, missionary-minded, a church where there's the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Let me read you something. Let me just read, oh, how refreshing this is. Here's the early church. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, basic teaching, and fellowship, and in the breaking of bread and in prayer. And fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. And all that believed were together and had all things common and sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men as every man had need. And they, continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, did eat their meat with gladness and singleness of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily such as were being saved. That's the standard to have a unified church. Now listen. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness and with long suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring, diligent, go out of your way to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace, and next Sunday on verses 4 to 6, the unified church or the unity of the church. Don't miss it. But to you who are outside of Christ today, listening to my voice, receiving the wages of sin, which is death, God says, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Will you believe God today? To you who need Christ as your personal Savior and come and be a real born-again believer and then begin to act as a Christian. Let your light so shine before men that men seeing your good works may not glorify you but glorify your Father which is in heaven. Be humble, quiet, lowly, submissive, patient, Redeeming the time, waiting for the summons to be called home or for Jesus to come and take you to his heavenly home. Which shall it be? Let's bow our heads and pray. The chorus choir is going to sing the invitation number in a few moments. I do believe.
that wonderful invitation number. How many out in the radio audience today, within the sound of my voice, you'll believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, for God says, if you do, thou shalt be saved. There's no other name, no other way, no other foundation. Him that cometh unto the Father comes through Christ and him alone. While our heads are bowed in this splendid visible audience today, I'm pressed for time. How many will quickly put your hands up and say, I need Christ as my personal Savior. Pray for me. I want to accept him. Will you put your hand up and say, pray for me? God bless you, sailor boy. God bless you, young man. Are there others in this audience? God bless you, lady over there. Put your hands up and say, pray for me. God bless you. Uh, yes, another one here in the front of me, one of the servicemen. Back there, God bless you. Another one here, God bless you. Another one back there, God bless you. Hands are going up so fast I can't recognize all of them. Up in the balconies to my left, anyone up there, put your hand up and say, pray for me. I need Christ as my personal Savior, and I want you to pray for me. Anyone up there in the balconies to the rear, put your hand up and say, pray for me. Make the decision today. Yes, God bless you in the balconies to the right. Anyone there? Let's continue in prayer as we leave the air. We'll have a short altar service at the close.